Welcome, welcome. We're going to jump right into a new series today called Inside Out Living. Hope you've got your Bibles and get your sermon notes out. You're going to need those. You can get on Version, the Bible app, and get your sermon notes uh, off there as well. I actually pre-service posted those on Facebook for anybody that wanted to actually access those even through Facebook so people could get sermon notes and not even come to church this morning. So I was just being generous today, sending them out, trying to take advantage of the technology we have. So let's get those out and let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to be talking about inside out living, inside out living. When I was preparing for this, I, I kind of went back through the year and was seeing where God had taken us thus far in 2017. And we started out the year, maybe you remember, or even if you weren't here yet, we started on a series called Core Strength. And we went through the, the 10 core values of what we have as a church and things that we believe in, things that we want to build based on. And then we went right into Fixer Upper and talked about Nehemiah and the wall and every person getting their place on the wall and doing what God's called them to do and, and building up something bigger than ourselves individually together. And then we jumped right into who am I and why am I here? And we started talking about our identity and, and purpose and and seeing what God wants to do in our life and re, redefining who he created us to be and why he put us on the earth. So we, we started doing all of that and then, then came to this place and I said, okay, God, what's the next step? And, and as I went uh, to the school, I got a chance to stop by the school in Mount Carmel one day on my own and I was up there by myself and I just began to walk through every part of 51,000 square feet to the building. I began to walk through every part of the building and just begin to pray. And I began to ask God, what is your dream for Mount Carmel? Because I don't have a dream for Mount Carmel, but God has a dream for Mount Carmel. And I said, Lord, I just want to partner with whatever you want to do there and why you put this in our lap, why you brought this about, because it has to be something bigger than us. So I began to pray about that. And God began to remind me of certain things, certain things he's asked me to do, certain things that he said, this is who, who you are and what I want you to do. And part of that is building. He said, I've called you to be a builder. And so I want you to build not only lives, but organization, but I want you to build through certain truths and certain things that I've given to you. I want you to pass on so that others can build through that as well. Because I thought the scripture came to my mind where Paul said that uh, when we built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it says, be careful or take heed on how you build on it. So there's a certain way to build and a certain way not to build. And so I just said, okay, Lord, I want to do it the way that you've shown me. And so he took me back to something and he wanted me to revisit something that I preached back in 2009. Now, many of you may not have been here in 2009, but I, I did a series as before we packaged them up and put them out for people. I did a series on the inner man. And uh, so I thought, okay, Lord, you want me to revisit that? And so I thought, well, I know it was in 2009. For some reason, I had that uh, in my head, what year it was. I don't have that for all the messages, but for that one, I knew it was 2009, but I didn't know when. So this was on August 18th of this week was the day I thought, well, let me look back and see when that was. Well, the first service or the first message I did on that series was on August, uh, October 18th, 2009. So I thought there may be some coincidence in why God wants me to revisit that here in October 
of 2017. So this is what we're going to do. When inside out living, I believe this is a paramount way for us to understand we have got to learn in our culture, in our life, that God has created us to live from the inside out. Too many times, too many pressures going on the outside, things going on in our life, things that we're bombarded with on the outside, we will assume sometimes that the solution will also be outside. That if we'll get some external relief, we'll feel better. And God says, I don't want you to live that way. I don't want you to live a reactive life. I want you to live a proactive life. I'm not waiting. I don't want you to live waiting on things to change on the outside before you make some changes on the inside. In other words, I want your changes on the inside to change your outside, inside out living. So this is what we're going to talk about today. And there's one thing that I want you to get. I'm going to give it to you in the beginning. And it's the thing I want you to, to resonate with all the way through and to take home, home with you at the end. What God has put on the inside of you is greater than what's on the outside of you. God has put something on the inside that is bigger than what is coming against you on the outside. What's on the inside of you, there's more to you than meets the eye. What you see is not all that there is. There's things on the inside of you, and this is why I'm going to take some time, and I'm going to use maybe more scripture than I've used in, in quite some time, because I want to break down some things for people to know that there's an inside part of them and there's an outside part of them. I want you to see it from the truth of the word of God, because sometimes we, and this will be new to some, be like, ah, what? And some will be like old hats, you've heard it, but God spoke to me about some things specifically, and he said some of your problems right there in that area, as he began to point them out, is because you are allowing the outer man to control your situation. You're allowing how you feel to determine how you act. <sighs> Tough to hear, but we ain't arguing with God, are we? So he said, there's some things I want to remind you of who you are on the inner man and start seeing and speaking from him and stop agreeing with the outer man. So as long as, this goes back to again what we said before, as long as what we feel is stronger than what we believe, we will continue to struggle over and over in an area of our life. So God's saying this, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's begin looking at it here. I'm going to start reading in verse 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day, uh, day by day, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now I want to jump here in verse 16 and look at the first, very first part. The first sentence says, therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not. We do not. Do not. So whatever comes next, the Bible says we don't do that. You understand? I want to make it very plain. Whatever lose heart means, God says don't do it. So now let's see what lose heart means. Here's the definition I give you for lose heart. There's two parts to it. Number one means to be afraid, to become discouraged, to become weary or tired, to lose one's motivation, to accomplish a valid goal, or to give up. So when we see these definitions together and we see do not, then there's going to be some debate in our life because we all are going to face situations and times where we feel afraid where we feel discouraged, where we feel weary or tired, or where we feel unmotivated. 
That's all going to happen to our li- in our lives, and that's understandable. I'm not here to debate whether feelings will come or not. Here's what I'm here to debate according to what I believe the Scripture says. Notice what it says. We do not do these things. And if the things are, if you notice the definition, it says we do not be afraid. Do not become discouraged. Do not become weary or tired. Do not lose one's motivation to accomplish a valid goal or do not give up. Here's, what's, here's what we're wanting to bring home with this. It's one thing for me to feel a certain way and it's a different thing for me to become a certain way. I'm going to feel fear, but I don't have to be afraid. I'm going to feel discouragement come, but there's a difference in feeling discouraged and being discouraged. Being is a state. It's a condition. It's a place we live. It's it's one thing to feel discouraged. It's another thing to be depressed. See, this is the difference in what God wants us to say. He says, do not lose heart. Do not do this. Do not allow this to become who you are. It doesn't mean feelings aren't real. It doesn't mean we don't have to face issues. It just means we don't let them become who we are. We don't give in and be that. We aren't becoming afraid. I've got some fear coming against me, but I'm going to plow through it. I'm feeling some resistance. I'm feeling some discouragement today, but I'm going to keep going with what God told me. I'm feeling a little bit tired. I'm feeling a little bit weary, but I'm going to keep pressing forward towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm feeling a little unmotivated today, but how I feel is not going to determine what I do. Are you tracking? Do not lose heart. That's what he's talking about. He doesn't want us to allow the outside to control us. Galatians 6, 9 says it this way. Let us not grow weary, same word, grow weary, and, and a, the same word that we used here in do not, uh, do not faint, do not lose heart, is grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Anybody ready for their due season in their life? <laughs> See, our due season happens in different stages and different areas of our life. He says, you will reap. Is that a promise that anybody likes today? You will reap. You will reap. You will reap. You're not hearing enough yet. You will reap. You will reap. I don't know what you're trying to reap. I don't know what you're believing God for, but here's the encouragement from Galatians 6. You will reap if you do not lose heart. In other words, you just keep going. You don't give up. You don't quit. Keep after it. Keep believing what God says. Here's what it says in Luke 18. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Keep praying. Well, Chad, it's not working. Keep praying. You don't understand. I'm not seeing the results. Keep praying. Chad, you don't understand. It's not working. Keep praying. Don't lose heart. Don't become afraid. Are you going to feel fear sometimes when you're praying one way and you're seeing something else? Yeah. Are you going to feel discouraging thoughts sometimes when you're praying one way and you're experiencing something else? Yeah. Just don't become discouraged. Don't become afraid so that you quit praying. Keep believing God. This is what he's saying. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. So now, how do we keep from quitting and becoming what we feel? How do we keep from doing this? Chad, that sounds good. That's a nice rah-rah speech. Don't lose heart. But how do we do that? Because we all feel it, right? There's times I'm ready to chuck in the towel. There's times I'm ready to say, God, it's just, uh, you know, we all feel it. But how do we do it? Here's the way. Here's the way we do it. We have to operate out of the right person, out of the right man. And this is what we're going to see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We've got to operate out of the right man, out of the right 
person out of the right place. We have an outward man and we have an inward man. Look what it says here in 16. We said do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. We have an outward man and an inward man. Now when I say man, I'm not talking about gender. So we could say outward person and inward person. There's an outside to you and an inward side of you. I'm going to use outward man just because that's what the Bible says, but I don't want ladies to think, okay, that's somebody else. You have an outward you and you have an inward you. Understand? And I'm going to take time to break this down because I want us to understand there's a difference. Sometimes all we think about is we are what we are and we don't distinguish what part of us should be responding to God in this situation, what part we should be neglecting. We think it's all one thing. We've got to realize the Bible says there's an outward part and there's an inward part. And we need to know how to distinguish between the two. He says our outward man is perishing. The outward, that's the outside person, the physical nature or aspect. So let me give you some scripture to support outside versus inside. Look at Luke chapter 11. You can flip there in your Bibles if you want. Luke chapter 11 says, then the Lord said to him, this is Jesus talking, it's in the red. Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your inward part. You make the outside clean, but your inward part is full of what? Greed and wickedness. Foolish ones did not he who made the outside make the inside also. So here he's talking to them. He said, listen, you're trying to clean up on the outside, but your real issue is on the inside. And is this not the way we do in our own life too many times? We try to clean up our act on the outside and we think that'll bring us closer to God. That, well, if I will just Stop doing this, stop doing that, and start doing this, things will be good. We're trying to do an outside-in cleaning instead of an inside-out cleaning. God's not equipping us to clean up our lives and come to him and say, here we are. I'm ready for church. I'm I'm acceptable now because I've cleaned up my life. I've stopped sleeping around. I've stopped doing drugs. I've started doing all those bad things. So here I am. I can be accepted in church. No. We don't do outside-in cleaning. We do inside-out cleaning. We invite God into our mess while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. We invite him right into our junk, right into a place where we're still screwing up over and over. We invite Jesus into that place, and he helps us clean up our lives from the inside out. This is what he's calling for us to do, and this is what he's talking about here to them. He said, listen, you, you, gotta, you got the outside all clean, but the inside, you got issues. Issues, it's like we used this analogy before, like standing in a garage doesn't make you, or standing in a garage doesn't make you a car, right? Well, sitting in church doesn't make you a, G, a follower of Jesus. See, we can clean up on the outside. The Bible says that man looks on the outside, but God looks on the... See, we can fool each other. We can fool people. We are experts at attempting, and if not achieving, fooling people. We can put on a good face, put on a good front, pretend, but God sees on the inside. You can say one thing with your mouth, but God sees your heart. God says before him, everything is naked and exposed. You can't hide anything from God. That's most, both a blessing and a, because ah, he sees it all, right? He sees it all. So this is why he says we got to take care of the inside. Look what Romans chapter two says, for he is not a Jew, or you could say a follower of Jesus who is one outwardly, 
nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter whose praise is not from men, but from God. We're not believers outwardly. We're believers inwardly. Living inside out is saying, God, I want you to come into my life. Show me who I am in Christ. And from the inside, I begin to clean up my behaviors, clean up my attitudes, clean up everything that I'm doing. From an inside revelation of who I am in Christ, I have the power now to change my outside. We need to bring him in and part of that. So again, inside, inward man versus outward man. So now what's our outward man? Let's expound on that. It says in verse 16, our outward man is perishing. So what are you talking about? That perishing means it's gradually wasting away or decaying. The Amplified says it this way, though our outward man is progressively decaying and wasting away. So our outward man is our body, our natural self, our physical nature. You could say it this way, your outward man is your five sense realm. See, smell, hear, taste, touch. Your outer man works and operates in the sense realm. What it can see, smell, hear, taste, touch. That's how it works. It says it's decaying or it's, or it's uh, perishing. But look at, go down to chapter five. Same Second Corinthians, look at chapter five. What is our outward man? Wanting to break it down for you so that you see there's an outward part of you and there's an inward part of you. For we know, verse one, that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now notice our earthly house, this tent, we have that. And then we also have a building from God. Now if you think tent and building, which one sounds more permanent to you? A building sounds a lot more permanent than a tent. And this is what it's talking about. Our earthly house is called a tent. This body, this carcass, what you're walking around in and living in, You're not limited to that. That's not all that you are. That's your outside you. That's your earthly tent. Notice what it's talking about. When this tent passes away, we have a building, permanent structure from God. Anybody glad that this earth is not your ending? It's not your your last place? We've got a building. We've got an eternal home in the heavens. Notice what it says. It goes on. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. In other words, we're wanting to get out of this tent to go into our our heavenly building, our eternal home. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked for we are in this tent grown, we who are in this tent grown, being burdened not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality or living this life on earth may be swallowed up by real life, which is eternal life. This is why we don't live for just our life here on the earth. We live for eternity. There's a big difference in 90 years in eternity. (laughs) There's a big difference. You know, 90 years is a long time. I I always joke with my wife, said, I want to live to be 120 if Jesus doesn't come back. I said, you better take care of yourself. We've got to be around a long time. (laughs) We joke about that a little bit. But but we've got to understand there's a big difference. Even if you say 100 years old, on, on the earth, 100 is a great milestone to live 100 years. That's awesome. My grandma's 91 years old, still doing good. So that, that's a good long life. But that versus eternity, it can't even be compared. So this is why we got to realize how we live on the earth is only a smidgen of our total existence. It's only just a small portion of it. So now we understand, where was I? Second Corinthians. Sorry, my Bible fell open. So look at verse five. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee 
So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we in the body, we separate from the body. You understand? Notice what it says, the wording here. It's very important for us to get it. We are in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Here's outer man works in the sense realm. What we see, smell, hear, taste, and touch. Your inner man operates by faith. So here's where we have to draw the line. We, who we are, again, not talking about the body. We, that's what it said. Remember verse six, we are at home in the body. When it's talking about we, talking about you, it's talking about your spirit being, your inner man, right? So we, inner man, are at home in the body, but we, not body, spirit, walk by faith and not by sight. My body walks by sight. My natural senses walk by sight. They walk by what they see, smell, hear, taste, and touch. But to operate as a believer in our inner man, we're going to have to walk by faith, which includes things that we don't see yet, things that we don't hear yet. So now, here's the, here's the reason I'm pointing this out. God's going to speak to us some things once in a while that we can't see yet, we can't hear yet, we can't feel yet, but it's still true. Which one is going to be able to engage that truth? The inner man or the outer man? The outer man cannot engage a truth from God that is not in the five sense realm. I hope I'm breaking this down for you. When I hear a word from God that I can't see yet, can't hear yet, can't feel yet, I need to say in myself, that's an inner man truth. When I say that's an inner man truth, that means it's okay if I don't see it yet because my outer man will not get it until later. I see you working with it. It's good. Because see, what happens is our outer man's slow. Our outer man has to wait till it shows up. Our outer man has to wait till he figures it out. How many times have you seen something? You're like, oh, now I get it. That's outer man. Outer man, you have to drag to the truths of God. He's slow. Why? Because he says, I don't see nothing. I don't hear nothing. I don't feel nothing. He's slow. So you got to say, hey, that's okay, outer man. You'll get it later. You ever told one of them jokes? It's what we call them time release jokes. That you tell it, and a certain percentage of the people, the audience listening, they get it later. You're like, five minutes later, like, oh, I get it. Oh, that was fun. Everybody else already left the building. Well, our outer man, he's like that. He only processes things as valid as truth once it enters the five sense realm. Before then, he questions whether it's real. He questions whether it's valid. He questions whether it's really the truth or not. He says things like this. I believe it when I... Come on, somebody. I believe it when I see it. He, he, wants, to, he wants to touch it first. He wants to know that it's real based on... He has some types of five-sense validation. 
But when there's a truth from God, we walk by faith and not by sight. If it's something that's not in the, in the, in the five sense realm, I've got to say that's an inner man project. I'm going to believe it because God said it, and I'll let my outer man figure it out later. you got to leave him behind once in a while. If you're waiting for him to come on board, you're going to be dragging down and become discouraged because he gets discouraged until he sees it. He gets discouraged until he finally hears it. You know, like God tells you something, hey, I'm going to provide a new job for you. Woo, inner man, yes, I got a new job. You go around and tell everybody I got a new job. Outer man says, I don't see no new job. I believe that when I see it. I don't hear the phone ringing. But God promised me, he told me in prayer, I got a new job. Yeah, well, I'll believe that when I see it. See, if you listen to the outer man two days later after that word that God spoke to you, if you let the outer man speak too long in your ear, He will talk the inner man out of what God said. He will say, I don't see anything. You know there ain't no jobs open, fool. What are you talking about? (laughs) Outer man. He will try and talk you into it. He said, hey, you still feel that? I know you said God told you. I know you said God healed you. But do you still feel that? Oh, there it is again. You feel that? Am I talking to anybody? (laughs) See, outer man will try and talk you out of what your inner man heard from God. This is why you got to override it, and this is why we got to separate the two. Now, now let's go into the next part. Go to 2 Peter. Jump over to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Oh, Jesus, this is good. 2 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 12. For this reason, I, okay, we're talking about who, are, who we really are, is who we are, we inner man or outer man, we're inner man. For I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent. Notice the separation. Who you are, you are in a tent. What was our tent? Our temporary earthly dwelling. As long as I, who I really am, spirit man, inner man, As long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. Notice the distinction between inner man and outer man. Who I really am, I'm going to put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Now you say, oh, wait a minute, Chad, there you go. My dead, no, that word decease actually means departure or exodus. So here's what he's saying. You're going to have a reminder of these things after I am gone. My tent's going to stay, but I'm going to be gone. This is why I want you to understand this. If, if you're still here, say, say I pass away and you're still here before Jesus comes back and you come to my funeral. They have the open casket What's going to be up, up front in the casket is going to be my tent. It's not going to be me. So don't come up to the casket. I, I guess you could do this. You could come up and say, oh, you can, you can pat my tent if you want to. <laughs> you can pat it. You can say, oh, I, I really love that tent. I'm going to miss that tent. That was a good tent. That was a big tent, but it was a good tent. <laughs> You could say all that about my tent, 
But don't say, oh, I'm going to miss you, Chad. Because Chad's long gone. He's not there. He's already departed. <laughs> He's already absent from the body to be present with the Lord. My tent's there, but Chad's not there. So there's a difference between my outer man and my inner man. And this is what Peter was saying here in the scripture. He said, listen, I, I want you to understand there's going to come a time I got to put off my tent, but don't cry for me. I'm already going to be gone because I have an eternal building that's much more permanent structure than this little flimsy tent that I've got now. That only, this tent can only last at best under these conditions in the world, 90, maybe 100 years. That's all this little tent can do. It's kind of flimsy. But my building... Whew, it's rated hurricane proof. It can last for all of eternity. When we get that glorified body, our inner man, whoo, look out. You'll leap over a tall building in a single bound. <laughs> we got to separate. So what's our inner man? That's our outer man. What's our inner man? Now look in verse 16. It says our outward man's perishing. Our inward man's being renewed day by day. What's renewed means? It means to renovate, to restore life, vigor, activity, to, to a better state, to cause, to grow up new, make new, new strength, new in nature, different from the usual, impressive, better than the old, superior in value and attraction. Does that sound good to anybody? So we got our outward man is perishing, our inward man's doing all that stuff. He's being renewed. How often is our inward man being renewed? Day by day. Now this does not mean your spirit man is becoming new every day. It means your resource for newness comes from your spirit man every day. When you get born again, your spirit man is made new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things become, all things become new, old things have passed away. So now, you, when you get, I'm getting ahead of myself. Your spirit man is already made new in Christ. Now it becomes the resource for all things new every morning. I pull it out of my spirit man. It's not that my spirit man has to get new every day. He's already made new in Christ, but he becomes my new resource for newness. You need new joy today? Go to your inner man. You need new, new patience today? Go to your inner man. You need new, new mojo, need motivation? Go to your inner man. All right? That's what he's talking about. So our outward man's doing what? Perishing. Stay with me. Outward man's doing what? Perishing. Inward man's doing what? Renewing. So now... Outward man perishing, inward man renewing. Now it's up to me to decide which one I'm going to partner with. I'm going to either partner with the perishing or partner with the renewal. Every day I have a choice. Am I going to partner with the perishing outer man or am I going to partner with the renewal of the inner man? That's what he's given us. He's given us that option. He's given us that choice. But now we've got to understand that God made us, our inner man, as a spirit. John 4. I give you this in your notes, but I'm gonna have to go through it a little quicker for you to understand today just because of time. But John 4, it says, uh, those who come to worship God, worship him, spirit and truth. God is a what? Spirit. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So now, God is spirit. He's not male or female. God is spirit. Both male and female came out of God. I know your Bible says he when it talks about God, but God's not a man. That always flips some people's lids. They're like, what? He's called father. That's another teaching. He's male and female. Okay, okay all right, let's go. Genesis chapter one, right? Genesis chapter one, verse 26, 27. 
says God created man in his image and in his likeness. In the image of God, he created male and female, right? So God created us in his image and his likeness. God is a what? Spirit, right? So if God is a spirit, we're made in his image and his likeness, then we are a, hey, God's a spirit, we're a spirit. Now I'm not talking about spirit, I'm not talking about that kind of spirit. I'm talking about a living, breathing spirit. Uh, uh, The Bible calls it a speaking spirit, living on the inside of your body. So what's holding my body up? is the spirit on the inside of me. The Bible says just as the body is dead without the spirit, so is faith without works is dead. So our body is only held up by the spirit that's within us. So now, if God created us in his image and his likeness and he's a spirit, then we're a spirit. We're supposed to do things like God. Now let me close with this. Let me go to the very beginning. Genesis chapter one. I'll just tell you this and then I'll, I'll sit down here. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light and God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. Now check out verse two. The earth was without form and void. The earth, five cents realm. Outer man situation. I pick this up. Pick up what I'm dropping down right here. Earth, outer man realm, five senses. It was void. That word void means it was empty. Darkness means it was miserable. There was destruction. This is what God was looking at. This was five sense realm. This was outer man. I want us to see an example of God operating outer man versus inner man. Even though he didn't have a body, This truth is what I want you to understand, that God used the difference in what happens in the physical realm versus what happens in the spiritual realm. He saw physical realm, void, emptiness, darkness, misery, destruction, but he said, let there be light. Where did the light come from? He didn't call down light from somewhere. He didn't say, light, hey, come here. Light came from his inner man, who he is, spirit. It came from his spirit. So he said, let there be light, and then there was light. And it says God saw the light, that it was good. Did he see the light before he said light? Did he he say, he could have said this, he could have said, man, it is empty and miserable out here. He saw conditions on the outside, but he spoke from the inside. So he said, because let me just encourage you with this. What you see is not all that there is. You may see in your situation void, emptiness, and misery, but that's not all that there is. Just because you see it right now doesn't mean it's permanent. We saw, we saw here in verse 18 that it's temporary. What's temporary mean? It's subject to change, baby. You may be real at this moment, but let me just tell you something. I'm not going to camp out here 
and live in this just because I see misery or I see void, I see emptiness, I I don't see what God told me he's going to do. I don't see it yet. I'm going to speak from the right man. I'm not going to speak from my outer man. I'm going to speak from my inner man. Remember, God's promises aren't to your head. They're to your heart. I can't, my mind's not going to comprehend. My mind's going to trip on the darkness. My mind's going to trip on the emptiness. It's going to trip on the void. It's going to trip on what's not happening. My mind's going to trip on what's happening that's going against what God said, right? Don't we do that? My mind's going to go, oh man, this is terrible. But my spirit man says, uh-uh, you just keep track of what God says. Uh-uh, this is, then this is bad. No, uh-uh, what'd God say? Well, I can't help it, Chad, it's there. See, living by the Spirit is not denying what's happening. Walking by faith is not going, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there. That's not walking by faith. Walking by faith is, I see you, but I see something else. God saw light on the inside, though he saw darkness on the outside. It's okay to see things, but don't become things. Become what God said and speak it into your situation. What you see is not all that's there. He's got more for you. He's got more he's wanting to put into your life. What you're surrounded by is not what you're limited to. You've got an outer man and you've got an inner man. And if you're like me, God spoke to my heart, said, Chad, you know how you're going to get out of this funk? You start, got to start engaging the right man. Are you waiting to feel something? Is that what you're waiting for? If you're waiting to feel something, buddy, it's dragging behind. I told you something. Act on what I told you, not on what you feel. But what I feel is so real. I know. We feel it, man. It's tough. But what we believe... What God said, we got to go inner man to override it. Because the Bible says there in verse 18, he says, do not look at the things which are seen. Outer man realm, they're temporary. Look at the things which are not seen. Inner man. Believe what God said. So here's what I want to leave you with, encourage you. I told you in the beginning, what's on the inside is more than what's the outside. I know we all face things that external pressures either seeing things we don't want to see or not seeing things that we do want to see. That would fit most of our issues in a big nutshell. I wish this was different or I wish this would hurry up and get here. God's promised me that and I still haven't seen it. Go back to your inner man and let your behaviors be dependent on what God said and not based on what you feel. I know it's hard, but he said, Chad, your outer man is bringing you down bringing you down. Which one's you? Your inner man. But your outside, your outside man, it's bringing you down. You got to live inside out. You got to bring your outer man up. Who's running the show? Have you become discouraged? When discouraging thoughts come, you got to say, uh-uh, not me in Jesus' name. Not me. I'm not going to go by what I feel. I'm going to go by what I believe. So here's-